You need a little bit of nasty, don't you? They're the little battles you need to win if Munster wanted to win this game. He lives and breathes line out. How do they pick themselves up from this? The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. Now, I just want to read this text. Dahi Shocknessik says, Well done, the girls in green. Backs to the wall bravery to earn the point. My daughter was going crazy with nerves watching it. Emma Byrne, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I think a lot of people had, uh, particularly when there's just these flashbacks to countless times in Irish sport where there's a free kick right in front of our goals. The clock is in the red. It's 94 and a half minutes. It was only supposed to be four minutes. But this time, the goal didn't happen and we got away with the one all. And it's like a big, big moment for this team. Massive. It was a huge game, probably the most important game in, in Irish footballing history, women's anyway. Um, yeah, but I, I was the same. I was watching it with uh, Olivia O'Toole and we were just like, I have a really bad feeling about this. And we just we couldn't watch uh, the, the literally the last 10 seconds. But um, it was totally deserved. I mean, it was fantastic result. Absolutely brilliant that with the result, Finland, Slovakia drawing, um, it's looking really, really good for the girls. You know the quality of this Swedish team really well. They, they play, I think, the vast majority of them play in the Champions League. What's the difference? Like, how, how far behind are we technically at this stage? And, and maybe just put some context around how good a performance it was from us from a team perspective to be able to match them last night. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was a, an unbelievable performance from, from our girls. But Sweden as a team, I mean, they're ranked number two in the world. Um, they, they they got runners up in the Olympics twice. Uh, they won the Algarve Cup three times. They're up there with the best teams. But in regards to the difference between us and them, there isn't much, to be honest. Um, they're very, very direct, very fit, very physical. And, and they keep the ball very well. The midfield keep the ball very well. And I think that might be a little bit of the difference there because when we won the ball back, we were struggling to keep it. And, and we were so, uh, you know, in defensive mode, we were so deep that it was very difficult for us to keep the ball. And that was the main difference because when we did manage to do it a few times, um, we were very threatening and, and Sweden were very worried so if we could do that a little bit more, it would be a much, much even game. How do we do that? Is that is that a philosophy shift? Is it a slight personnel tweak? Is it is it actually something that Vera Power wants to do? What do we need? No, no, she definitely will want to do it. I mean, that's it's going to be easier for the girls and it's really difficult to play the way they played last night for 93 minutes. Um, and the girls will be absolutely exhausted today. They really put in a shift. But what? we will need to do is just grow in confidence which last night would have definitely helped and encourage our midfielders to get on the ball and not panic but you need a lot of players that are good on the ball that are comfortable on the ball and that want to be on the ball and that's kind of a building process and at the moment it's just about getting results and then when we get into um, uh, the, the finals hopefully that will have been worked on and, and it's the only way that we can compete at that level. Well, pre-match, Vera uh, Power was a pains to point out the difference in the number of games that the Swedes had had together, 55 over the last two years versus 20 for her since she's taken charge and that there's a disparity there that like, it's clear that playing games vastly increases the speed at which a team improves. So I know she was talking about that was a message to UEFA. It felt like it was also a bit of a message to the FAI, get me more games. 
Yeah, I mean, it's true. I was speaking to Vera Pau a while ago and, and she was saying it is difficult because they don't have many days together and they're constantly preparing for games. So to actually have even two days to be able to work on your ethos and your methods and your style is really difficult. And yeah, it probably will take uh, some funding and, and some time to get all the girls together um, and, and try and get those training camps or wherever it is. And that is very difficult. And yes, Sweden have played together for a long, long time. And I think their average age will be 27, 28. So, you know, they're all around the same age, the same generation. They've played underage together. And this that team have been together for a very long time. And, and ours haven't. And um, a few of them have, but the bulk of the team haven't. So, yeah, it's about getting in the, the group that you want to work with and, and keeping that group and trying to keep them fit. Uh, and that's a that's a that's quite a heavy task as well. And just improving the strength and depth is the other aspect of that as well. However, that has to happen. Yeah, whether it's you, you recruit uh, from abroad um, with the Irish grannies <laughs> Uh, or you know you you try to to bring up the the younger ones and, and we have a very young young team at the moment anyway, um, but you know we also have a few injuries as well which is going to be a big difference uh, for the next couple of games especially in defence we had Megan Megan Connolly playing back there as a centre back I'm sure <laughs> she um, she was as surprised as I was when she was told. But you have Diane Caldwell injured, uh, Megan Campbell, who is a massive, massive advantage for any team with that throw-in. I mean, it's probably one of the reasons Liverpool got promoted um, at this stage so early on in the season. And um, and yeah, so you know, it's we need to add more players to that squad, and it's it's only going to get better. And with the likes of Katie McCabe and Denise O'Sullivan in midfield that keeping the ball aspect in midfield is, is very realistic and you just need to try and get uh, maybe two more players in there that are comfortable on the ball and um, that will really work for Ireland, yeah. What about the goalkeeping position? Um, this is something that we've kind of struggled with uh, for a while since you left basically and uh, it looks, I, I, I'm still not sure if Vera Pau knows exactly what she wants. She kind of said it was a brave decision to go with Courtney Brosnan last night but actually it wasn't that brave because Courtney Brosnan played really well. No, but as a selection um, point of view, it was really brave because Courtney Brosnan hasn't played games for Everton. She's really rusty um, in relation to games, which is so important for a goalkeeper. And when I seen the team sheet, I was surprised again. I was like, she's really sticking with Courtney Brosnan. And I don't see her in training, so I don't know what she's like. But I, I just think it's, you know, it's a bit of a worry if a, a goalkeeper specifically hasn't uh, played many games. But she was the player of the match for me. She was absolutely fantastic. She looked really sharp. So I was eating my words completely. And um, and she was just fantastic. And especially, particularly that save uh, towards the end, around the, the 70th minute, down to her left, was just unbelievable save. And you could just tell that she wasn't going to concede an easy goal. And it was an unfortunate thing that she actually conceded at all because... Um, Actually, I woke up this morning feeling a little bit robbed and feeling a bit disappointed that Ireland didn't get the whole three points. But, you know, 1-1 is a fantastic result as well. Tammy, if you were advising her and pointing out that there is a chance to be part of a team that goes to a World Cup, would you be saying, look for a move, try and find somewhere where you can be first choice? Or is it actually more important to knuckle down at Everton and try and 
I, I don't know the, what the uh, difference between her and the current Everton goalkeeper is or if there's any chance for actually uh, supplanting her and if maybe playing international games is going to help. So what, what would your advice be? Well, I'd advise her to have a chat with the manager. There is a, um, a new manager gone in there. Um, they're, they're fairly low on the table. They're fighting relegation. I mean, it looks like Birmingham are going to get relegated, but Everton are down there. So I'd be certainly telling her to knock on the door. It's something's not working there. And also with her performance last night, as soon as she goes back into the club, she needs to have that conversation because she needs to play. And I'd be telling her you need to play and you need to speak to the manager and you need to be fairly sure and confident that you're going to be a starting goalkeeper. And if you have any doubt at all, you need to move. Her contract is up this year, the end of June. So I'd be surprised if she stayed there, to be honest, considering the the amount of games or the lack of games she's got, because as a goalkeeper, it's um, it's really difficult to sit on the bench, especially if your team are losing. And, uh, you know, maybe the goalkeeper is not having the best of times. So hopefully last night we'll give her that confidence because it, it might take that to, for her to to be able to go in and have that conversation. Yeah, she's gone in from a position of strength. I've just gone up against literally the second best team in the world and uh, more than held my own, ended up player of the match. Come on, give me, give me a go here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. She was playing the cup games and they got knocked out fairly early. And a lot of managers like to do that. They like to give the league to one keeper and the cup to the other and they stick with it. And um, but it's not working for them. So she's a really good uh, fighting chance of you know going in there and getting her position. But she needs that conversation if she's already had it. Maybe she's already had it, um, and maybe she's already looking for a new club. Um, and and will there be much clamour for her? Is she? Is she's. It, it looks like she's good enough to play at that level in the um, in the top division in England. Yeah, and, and you know, it's difficult. There are a lot of really good goalkeepers um, in the the WSL now and there aren't many teams. So, I mean, she's definitely good enough looking at how she was last night. She's good enough um, and managers will be watching that. So I definitely think there will be a couple of teams, you know, definitely willing to sign her. But she has to find the right place as well, the right coach. Uh, that for me is a huge thing, the goalkeeping coach and how the team works. So maybe a team that's uh, getting, well, Liverpool have a very good keeper as well, but another team that's getting promoted might be a good option for her. But yeah, she definitely should stay in the W, the the, the, the Women's Super League, 100%. Um, one of the things that we're a little bit concerned about is that Sweden are now actually qualified. They're going to win the group and so they're home and hosed. And so there is some fear that maybe they might not try a leg against Finland in the last game. I know Vera Pau was certainly concerned about a Scandinavian uh, friendship axis of whatever uh, when the fixtures were being made. Is this is this a real worry or would we expect Sweden to still be able to at least get a draw against Finland almost no matter who they put out? Um, I mean, it's always a concern. Like, they definitely won't have that edge, you know, that they had last night, for example, because they were worried about not qualifying last night. Um but I don't think so. I don't think we need to worry about it. The Swedes, they like to win. They like to show off. They like to, to prove how good they are to everyone. So the Finland game won't be any different. They're going to want to, to you know, put on a show. And um, I don't know if you've, see, you've seen their advert, have you? Yeah, the jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of shows their, their temperament and, you know, 
you won't be able to beat us no matter what. And, and it's been true to this, you know, they haven't been beaten. Um, they've only been scored on against uh, twice, and that's from Ireland last night and from Finland. So, you know, they're a really difficult team to beat and uh, they're going to want to prove, you know, last night was a bit of a dent for them. So they'll they'll come out of the, the box, you know, charging for sure. I, I, I don't know if you saw the Ireland ad. So Sky, Sky have a, an Ireland ad. It's all around the, the Outbelieved and they showed the team the ad and the, the team apparently were like, oh, this is class, you know, and, and emotional around it. In your In your opinion, do you think the team also saw the Sweden ad? And we're also maybe similarly inspired in the opposite direction. Going, what? What is this? What are the What are the Swedes tell us about their jersey? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a small world. Somebody would have mentioned it to them. They would have had a look. And um, Dave uh, from FM Today told me last night. I hadn't seen it, and I watched it last night, and I was livid. I was like, oh my god, I'm furious. Like this would really annoy me. Probably to a disadvantage if I was playing, to be quite honest. But uh, yeah, the girls would have seen that and that would have, you know, really wound them up. You could see that the girls had fire in their belly last night and I wouldn't be surprised if, if that added to it. Along with um, our Sky advert as well, which is really inspirational. Um, one thing that's not so inspirational is Kenny Shields' comments. I don't know if you've seen or heard this yet, but we can actually play it for anybody who hasn't seen them. So this is Kenny Shields, the Northern Ireland manager, beaten 5-0 last night by England, and here he is explaining why they conceded goals so quickly. I thought they were struggling a wee bit at times to open us up until the psychology of going two up. Uh, in the women's game, you'll have noticed... I'm sure you will, if you go through the patterns, when a team concedes a goal, they concede a second one within a very short period of time. Right through the whole lot, the whole spectrum of the women's game, because girls and women are more emotional than men, so they take a goal going in, they, they don't take that very well. So if you watch, you go through the stats, which journalists love to do going through stats and you'll see teams conceding goals in 18 and 21 minutes and then in 64 and 68 minutes they group them because that's an emotional goal so we conceded in 48 we should be three and uh, seven minutes was it or three and nine on, on friday and we were conscious of that when we went one nil down we killed the game tried to just slow it right down because to give them time to get that emotional imbalance out of their head and and that's a that's an issue we have not just Northern Ireland but all the countries of that problem that's Kenny Shields there Emma what do you make of that um I think it's ridiculous really um to say that <laughs> we concede um consecutive goals because we're emotional on the pitch that's i think that's a load of crap to be quite honest and speaking personally uh if we conceded a goal actually i was more determined to get it right and and to get possession back and i wasn't uh emotional about the goal so to speak yeah i was emotional but about getting myself back in the game or getting our team back in the game and i think i was a 
I don't agree with them, basically. I don't agree with them. And it's like in football in general, after you can see the goal, the next few minutes are, are very important, whether you're a man, woman, dog, whatever. Um, it's really important because the other team are elated, they're confident, they feel stronger, and you have to try and get the balance back from that. But it's not about being emotional. It's about the flow of the game and, and the balance of the game. <laughs> Uh, it's idiotic stuff, really. It's like complete misunderstanding of cause and effect uh, at a basic level. But I do wonder what his team are thinking. They're preparing to go to the Euros and the next time they go training, they're all looking at the manager going, well, you just think that I'm going to get emotional whenever anything happens on the field here. So you don't actually trust me to be a, a footballer. Yeah, no, I... I mean, that comment is, um, it, it would get you the sack, really. And I'd be surprised if he is the manager for the next game, to be honest, because you can't discriminate like that. And it's the one thing we don't need in women's football when it's on a momentum, of, you know, trajectory is crazy. And for, for him to say that is just ridiculous. But the point is, he's thought about it a lot. It wasn't, a, um, you know, a throwaway comment. He's obviously thought about it. He's studied it. And because he has seen that maybe there is a lot of games that teams have conceded um, two goals in the short space of time, he's decided to put it down to a fact of, of you know, it must be emotions for women. It must be. What else can it be? It was just absolutely ridiculous. It's just so silly. And um, I'm, I know a couple of those girls and I know they won't be happy with that. So I'll be interested to see how that um, carries on but I hope he doesn't speak like that I mean more concerning for me that the tone of his voice I was like yeah, you know if he was in the dressing room talking like that I'd be like I'd need a little bit of a, an extra warm up to get me going again <laughs> Emma always great to have you on thanks a million for joining us cheers thanks a lot cheers That's, thanks uh, bye Emma Byrne with 134 caps for the Republic of Ireland uh, during her career as a goalkeeper with Arsenal and of course Champions League winner in her time as well 12 minutes past 9 here on OTBAM